When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Sir, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Trap or Die podcast provided to you by 214 Media and SB Nation's Hogs Haven. I am your host, Molly Moe. And Dog Mall, Coach Mall, all that good stuff, man. And here with AJ, Dre is on the way. Um, let me go ahead and get the administrative items right quick. Uh, so listen, obviously, Monday is a new day. In case you missed it, last week we did say we were gonna start moving on, moving in on Mondays. Uh, for those who are gonna be checking in the in the live stream in a little bit. Uh, that is the schedule moving forward. Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and, and we'll figure things out from there. Uh in whichever way that you are listening or watching, make sure you give a rating and review or try to, you know what I'm saying? We appreciate it. Always hit the like button and subscribe button if you are new as well on that um, YouTube side. We appreciate that. Lastly, lastly, call-ins are welcomed all show. Anything and everything that you want to talk about, all things commanders, you could come in, pop in, get whatever it is off your chest with the mob um and we're gonna have conversations uh we don't have too much <clears throat> my bad we don't have too much on the agenda today so uh perfect time to check in reset and then as we get geared into the, the combine and the, the draft and all that other stuff we can uh tune into that so if you want to come through talk a little ball talk a little commanders man whatever it is even ownership you know what i'm saying we ain't we ain't hiding from it <laughs> uh come on through talk to us what's going on peace appreciate you checking in monty appreciate we are, you checking we are in not hey. talking ownership 
Look, man. <laughs> nah, hey, if they want to talk man, about that, that thing, that thing got with... more spins than a, a a younger wrestlers episode, dog. Like, hey, <laughs> no, it's yeah, so no, much no. bullshit out there that's being. Yeah, it, it's it's frustrating, bro. I like I I don't like me personally, and I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> look. I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody don't call in if they if they want to talk about ownership. But to to AJ's point, I bro, it's bro, just AJ. Just in the last 24 hours, we heard that Dan Snyder was and wasn't blocking, um, dude, um, uh, Bezos, like, like two different reports saying that he was and wasn't blocking Bezos. And it's like, bro, like, you can't even, you can't even tell the, the difference. I don't know anything. Like you can't, you can't keep up with, with all this news, bro. Mom, it's hard to keep up. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, just bought a portion of the Milwaukee Bucks without us even knowing that was even a possibility that it was yeah. even going to happen. Like this is, this is the weirdest transaction of a professional team ever. Like it is just so weird. Like that's why I'm like, <laughs> hold on. What do you say? We, said not phone, talking said, we ain't talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to wait and see. Cause it's like, who knows what's going on? Even the pundits that people rely on for the news don't know, you know, unless maybe you hear something from the only person I could possibly trust at this point, I feel like it's AJ Perez. But outside of that, yeah, man, it's all over the place. Dre, what's going on with you? First of all, AJ, you was in here. I know, I know you chimed in, but but how you feeling, man? You healthy? Everything good with you? Dre, too. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I don't know. What <laughs> I thought you was talking about AJ. AJ. Yeah, I would. <laughs> but go ahead. How you feeling, Dre? <laughs> no, I'm good, man. Shit, you know, Monday Monday blues, man. But we here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of news. I'm trying to encourage a lot of these fans out here. Don't listen to everything you hear, man. They're going to keep coming out with these conflicting reports. Just wait and see. It's getting messy. It's getting messy in, in a good way because it's like... But you know what's crazy? Like, literally two seconds before we got on, it was a report from Washington Post that is something now it's it, it was a foreign language to me so i'm not even going to sit here and try and break anything down i'm not going to do that at all but there was a report um just recent about how dan snyder was asking for some type of clause in a sense of like if he sells um he like whatever he sells like or excuse me whenever he sells he's not going to be uh a target of legal action or something like that or criminal action or criminal action or something like that i, I don't know exactly what the term or phrase is um and i guess in that sense, as the, the day and the, the evening develops, and if you're listening to the podcast uh, on a later date, you'll probably have more information as it comes out. But yeah, um, Dre, it's, it's getting real messy right now. Um, but never forget, uh, if you all listen, like the one with the show that we had with Jason Logan Forrest said, like it was going to be a long deal anyway. So this is kind of like the ebbs and flows, I guess, of the ownership. He said he didn't predict anything until what was it, May? I think he said it, May or something. Yeah, one of those. So like not even March. And we're not even in March yet. <laughs> so we got a ways. We got a ways to go. Roger, Curtis, I see you all in there again. Um, call-ins, welcome all show. Anything, everything, commanders you want to talk about, uh, we can definitely do that. Um, yeah, so the enemy spoke uh on Friday, and last we spoke, we didn't have a chance to hear his presser. Uh, we don't have to go line by line in details or anything like that. And, and also, oh, I put it on the wrong. Let me load this up again. I just realized that. But um, anyway, uh, he spoke 
again, we don't have to go line by line, but but overall thoughts on on the enemy uh, in terms of his first impression here in Washington, because first impressions are everything. People say never get geeked up over pressers or, or they say try not to get geeked over pressers. But let me tell you something like this. Dre, you never know how bad it gets until it's bad. And, and the reason why I say that is, sure, Philadelphia went to the Super Bowl this year, but they you can't convince me that anybody had confidence in, in Nick Sirianni after his after his intro press conference. It's no way in hell. And and when people say, like, of course, like that's the extreme of how bad it gets, right? But like there are such things as bad conference, bad press conferences and bad intro conferences. Eric Bieniemy had me ready to go through a wall. I texted several people. I texted y'all. I said we're going to Super Bowl. Yeah. I look, I look. It is what it is. Player like he killed it. Everything uh, that that kind of like even some of the question marks that I had. Excuse me, that people had because I, I didn't I didn't know too much about him. But some of the question marks that you have when you when you try to figure out why isn't he a head coach yet? Like for me, it's like what solidified the the uh, ambiguity or or uh, the the intrigue behind it was the fact that like when you see how he talked and, and you see how confident he was um, with a hint of positive arrogance, like in and, and belief and know that he can get the job done. Like I can see exactly why um, now it's not an excuse at all because like, that's not the point, but you can see like how some people can sit here and say, I don't know about this guy. Um, because he's conf- he's he's way too confident, but in a good way, he's very confident about himself. And I and I think people probably didn't appreciate that part of him. Um, if I had to get here and, and say like what a majority uh of the issue was, I think that could have been the majority. Uh like he 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 was really good. He was really good in his in his thoughts and he was really good at how he uh conveyed it to everybody in that press room. Yeah, I mean, I think for for me, um I don't think I've ever seen this type of media attention around an assistant head coach hire in my entire life of watching the NFL and also being in the sports industry. Um, I feel like what you just touched on as far as how he carries himself, his personality, uh, his uh, confidence level definitely will scare off these owners who don't come from those environments that aren't really used to, that type of interaction, even with a African-American man, you feel me? Someone that knows they have the ability to get something done and will see through of, of doing so, um, you know? So yeah, now you, you got to see exactly why that scared off some owners because they're not going to be able to tell him nonsense and he's not going to challenge that. You feel me? A lot of these coaches don't have that promise about them. That's why, you know, a lot of teams, when Bill Parcells became available as a head coach, not everyone wanted him, you know, because he's going to tell you how it is. We, we also have another coach like that that has to do ESPN on Sundays, uh, Rex Ryan. He's going to tell you exactly what it is. Like records, his, his records with the Bills and the Jets, they were solid enough to where he should be getting another job, but every ownership group isn't going to be willing to sit down and – and actually hear someone out of that nature that has that, that type of personalities. They like people that, you know, will kind of succumb to them. And that's why they've been able to amass their riches and their wealth. Um, but for me, man, I, I just see, I see, I see head coach, man. Uh, I feel yeah. like maybe there might be some issues down the line between him and Ron. 
uh, clashing heads just because of the strong personalities uh, there. Um, but I feel like if they truly let him run the entire office and let it be his show, he can have a huge impact on the office immediately just from how players step up, the accountability, and on top of that, like the play calling couldn't really get any worse and the play design. So it's like that's automatically an improvement, but just overall impact as as men and, and leading those guys on the offensive side of the ball and then adding the fact that he's an assistant head coach, his his personality can be impressionable on the entire team, not just even the offensive side. He can encourage defensive players, he can coach he can he can encourage other coaches that may not have uh, the same amount of experience as him or, you know, even the recent success, he's more successful than the damn head coach. Like, yeah. <laughs> let, let's keep it a buck. Like, Robin Barrett wasn't out here winning no uh, no championships as no D coordinator. Like, <laughs> he's more successful than the head coach. So, for me, that interview alone – he he reminded me of a head coach. I text y'all immediately after I seen it. Like, yeah. dog, this is a head coach, bro. Like, I don't know what anybody else is talking about. I felt like I was ready to play, even though I, I know I tore my my quad a couple years ago. I'm like, I'm ready to play. Like, put me in, coach. Like, let's get this done because you definitely want someone that's gonna hold you accountable. And you've never seen that type of energy from Scott Turner. You see some of it from Ron. But it's kind of stale, you know, at the same token. Uh, it, it just doesn't hit the same. And this is going to hit differently for this team. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the opportunity. Uh, I definitely plan to listen to the interview that he just dropped with, well, Adam Schefter just dropped with Eric Bieniemy, where he kind of gave some insight to the fact that he already knew coming into this year that he would be moving on because him and Andy Reid had that conversation like, and Andy Reid knows that he's down for challenges and, and a challenge would be moving on to something different and, and, and better for him. Yeah. So, so that would be an interesting look. Let's pause for a quick second because I, I know Dre hasn't gone yet, but I had I actually literally had the clip uh, Adam Schefter put out um, with Eric Bieniemy. So we're going to go ahead and share this. This is from Eric uh, Adam Schefter podcast, ESPN, obviously, with Eric Bieniemy. Give me two seconds. Let me load it up. And we can circle back to you, Dre. You got the first. You got the first words on this one. Um, present, boom, and boom. There we go. When did you know in your mind that it was going to be your last season in Kansas City? Because there was a lot of chatter <laughs> leading up to the Super Bowl in the playoffs that it was time for you to go seek a new challenge. Did you know this going into the season? Did you know it during the season? Did you know it at the end of the season? So. I guess I could talk about this now. I knew going into the season, me and coach, we've talked about this for years. And the thing was, he was like, EB, I don't want to feel like I'm holding you back. And I said, coach, you're not holding me back because this is a special place. Mm -hmm. He said, you don't have to leave. He's always wanted me to stick around. That's the thing about it. He was always welcome to come back, but he knows me. <laughs> you know, Eric is always looking for a challenge. Eric is always looking for a journey that's going to uh, help him to seek uh, a different way of doing things, but also to helping me to grow. And that way I can help the, 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 my circle of people to grow and expand as well. It, it was a hell of a year. It was a great challenge. But on top of that, it was a lot of fun. 
And it was winning that last game kind of put the icing on the cake and it was an emotional moment. And so I've known for a while and, but, but that was something between me and coach. It was nothing that was discussed with any of our other coaches. Okay. And it was just us. And the thing about it, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't a distraction for anyone else. No one else needed to know. And I just wanted to make sure that we went about our business the way we do it every single day without distracting anyone from seeking the prize. But you knew that this was going to be your last year in Kansas City in all probability at the beginning of the season. Yes. Here you go. Uh, Dre, thoughts on uh, Presser, but also what you just heard, what we just heard. This is my first time actually hearing it. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So, first thing with Eric B. Enemy, I noticed he talks a lot in third person, which is cool. I mean, and <laughs> I didn't know, honestly, that before we hired Eric B. Enemy, I mean, obviously, I knew Eric B. Enemy, the player. I knew Eric B. Enemy as the assistant coach, you know, for years in the NFL, you know, of course, specifically with the Chiefs. But the only thing we really knew, or especially me speaking for myself, the only thing I really knew was what I heard about Eric Bieniemy. You hear stories, you hear you know, you hear different things. Oh, he interviewed for a lot of jobs. Oh, maybe it was because of his past. Maybe it's because he's a bad interview and everything. But listening to Eric Bieniemy talk, I don't get the indication that he's a bad interview or anything like one thing about Washington fans we get excited about press conferences that's one of the highlights of Dan Snyder's tenure as an owner is that the fan base gets worked up over new hires and new players because nothing else worked before so we're excited to hear the guy speak at a press conference whether it's Shanahan you know Joe Gibbs whoever they introduce next and in this case it's Eric Bieniemy. and I know AJ mentioned that Eric Bieniemy, you know he's never seen this attention for an assistant coach but as Jason um Lockman Forrest said the other day on our show, he's the face of, you know, racism or how is how things work against black coaches in the NFL. He's the face of that right now. So and I think a lot of people felt like me in a sense that they didn't know much about Eric being me outside of what they may assume of him or what they may see of him. But I think, you know, outside of what he may bring to a football field, he, he impressed a lot of people and myself included with his press conference. I mean, not even just the press conference, just the interviews, like just with Adam Schefter and all of that. Now, like stuff like that, you're seeing, you're seeing his personality, you're seeing charisma. And as AJ and you, you, you too, Jamal, you know, you alluded to, you know, owners may be uh, intimidated by a personality like Eric Bieniemy, And that's the kind of vibe I got more so than bad communicator, bad interviewer. I got the vibe more so that he's a guy that comes off with a strong personality, a strong confidence in himself. And to the fact that a person with a fragile ego, so to speak, they're not going to like someone like that, you know, or having to answer to them because he's going to stand on his own two feet. You know, he's going to push back. And a lot of people don't want to be pushed back on. A lot of people want to be able to dictate and say, this is how you should do things. You know, I pay you, you do this. And Eric Bieniemy doesn't strike me as that person. That's what I got from, you know, listening to his press conference. Now we didn't hear much about X's and O's and everything he's going to do on the offensive side of the football. But for me, I think one of the most important things as a coach, can you teach, can you develop and can you communicate? And, you know, again, I don't know what this means, Eric Bieniemy's hiring, what it, what it means as far as commander's success goes in his year, this year coming up. But I got a strong feeling and a strong vibe from him that 
he's going to communicate exactly what he wants to the players, and he's going to come with a certain intensity that we hadn't seen around here for a while. Now, whether that translates into more wins around here or if that translates to a player, I don't know. But it does give you more intrigue, and it gives you more confidence in Eric Bieniemy going into the season because a lot of us – you know. Quite frankly, we aren't that confident in it because we're kind of skeptical. A lot of people are saying, well, why did the Chiefs let him go? Why hasn't he got a head coach job? So we're wondering a lot of things about Eric Bieniemy. But I think some of those doubts have at least been eased at this press conference because you feel, or at least I felt like, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, I mean, I don't think he's just some bumbling idiot that just set up in Kansas City just following orders or just reading newspapers while everyone else was getting to work. No, he strikes me as a guy that, you know, while he might not be the – you know, X's and O's, you know, God, so to speak, as some of the guys like a Sean McVay may be, but he strikes me as a person that's going to get guys that follow him. And he's a leader, you know, and, and that's what you need in this organization. You know, you got Ron Rivera, who I think is a pretty good leader. Leaders and coaches, coaching ability, maybe two different things, but Ron's a good leader. But I didn't feel like Scott Turner was a good leader on the offense. I felt like Scott was a young guy. You know, he, he may be a little bright, but you didn't get that. Like, as AJ said, he's more of a mute. He was, you know, didn't have the energy. But I didn't he feel just like he was call, a please. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I didn't I didn't get much leadership role out of him. But adding a guy like Eric Bieniemy, I feel like you're adding more leadership to that locker room. And adding more leaders is never a bad thing. I mean, for me, he won the press conference. Now, winning the press conference around here doesn't mean much, but – he wanted, and you know, he eased some of my doubts. And I and I, I just wanted to chime in too. Like, um, it, it's different when you get it out the mud versus it's just given to you. Like, and that's not to say that either one is guaranteed success or not. But like for Eric Bieniemy, you talking about a guy that had to prove through the ranks. We're talking about a top running back in college football history. Like, he was up for the Heisman. I don't know if he finished second or third. We talk about a, a legit elite player. Like, he knows football in and out. But on top of that, look how long it even took him to move up to the ranks to get to an OC position in the NFL mm-hmm. and now getting the opportunity to kind of move himself away from from an Andy Reid versus a Scott Turner where his dad is North. He just get put on, like, Shit, he, he got fired from here. And he already got another job in, in uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders. Meanwhile, Byron Leftwich, probably somewhere in Southeast, boy. chilling. Probably about to go uh, shoot some hoops at Barry Farms or something tomorrow. <laughs> but it, it's, just, it's just different when you have to get it out the mud, man. Like, you got a different persona. And one thing I noticed about him in that interview, uh, well, the presser, he speaks about himself in third person a lot. Like he's like Eric Bieniemy, you know, is a go getter. Eric Bieniemy has come like, hey man, but that that's something that'll gravitate to the players and they'll they'll love it, man. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just not with Sam Howell as quarterback, but yeah, go on. But you know, <laughs> one more thing on Eric Bien, you know who he kind of reminds me of. He reminds me of someone that we know in our media. We had him on this show before. He kind of reminds me of a Doc Walker. He felt real relatable. Like listening to Eric Bieniemy talk, he either reminds you of someone you've seen before, or he reminds you of an uncle. Like he reminds yeah. me of one of my damn uncles or something. Like that's he feels like a relatable dude. That's why I said I feel like guys will follow him. And that's why you see, you know, guys like Tyreek Hill and even Patrick Mahomes come out 
in defense of Eric Bieniemy. Now, certain people aren't going to like him, and and, and it's going to happen here. Like you know, we got Lashawn McCoy, Shady McCoy. He's in the news talking every day um, about Eric Bieniemy, and it's going to be guys here that he's not going to you know mesh well with, or guys that's not going to be receptive to his style of coaching. But as I said before, those are the weak players. I want out of here. The people who don't want to be coached and don't want anything said to them, or they don't want anyone being tough on them. Get them the hell out of here. Get, those are the guys I don't want in my franchise. And Eric Bieniemy, I think he will bring out the toughness in a lot of these players. Yeah. Uh, well, t- two things before I continue. Hawk, I see you. Stay there. We're going to get you on. Anybody and everybody, that if you want to call in, this is the show to do it, man. Chop it up with the fellas. Talk anything. Anything that's on your mind with the Washington Commanders. Uh, Dre, I'm with you, AJ. I'm with you, especially about the – um. Just like getting out the mud, I think the biggest thing is like he paints a picture, and and, and the uncle part is something where it's like you know when, uh, when you when somebody talks like to that degree or 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 you have that type of I, I is it, it bravado I think is the word like like you understand like all right I'm 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 here I'm learning I'm going to continue to learn. He may sound his delivery may sound weird, but it, I mean excuse me his his delivery may sound uh, uh brash, but it ain't. It ain't coming from a place that's that's not out of love. Like he wants to help me. He wants to make sure that I'm gonna get better. And he may challenge me and he may put me in a spot where I'm I'm gonna end up coming off as defensive. But if I take my pride, put it to the side, and understand exactly what he's trying to tell me or exactly the questions that he's asking me, I may understand the reason why I did something was wrong. And and I may be able to see through uh all of the barriers that kept allowing me to, to 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 put an excuse out there for why I wasn't able to get something done uh and he's able to 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 navigate that and say like cut the cut the bs understand what I'm telling you let's be perfect let's be as close as perfect as possible because that's how good we're going to get but secondly another thing that I want to add the color part like if you think about it bro our offense Washington's offense for a long time um like you had players here and there who you knew had like they got it, like they got that dog, and like you've seen it from time to time. Terry is the is the one player here for sure. Um, but like from a collective standpoint, from an offensive, like a unit standpoint, um, and, and just generally, like you don't see like uh uh going into every single game, like where that confidence is, like from start to finish, like those people who uh embody a competition, but also go into a game so confident that they know. The team ahead of uh, the team in front of us, or the team that we're playing that week, they can't beat us. Like even if you lose a game, right? You know that you were well prepped. You know that you believe in everything your offensive coordinator prepped you for, and your head coach prepped you for um, throughout the week. And I don't think that we've ever seen that, like from a week one to week eighteen, and and, and obviously postseason as well. Like you don't really see that from this from this team. And I think that's the the biggest thing that I think. Eric Bieniemy can provide is the fact that uh, you have a coordinator with a proven track record, uh, five uh, five seasons with Kansas City as their offensive coordinator, three Super Bowls, two wins. Like you see a, a person who comes from success, who who you know that if I lower, if I like take my, if I get a little bit more humble, I can bring that. He can bring that confidence out of me. I can believe in everything that we're doing offensively. I know that like X Y Z. If I get, if we get such and such in place then we're going to be an offense that's going to be a, a problem to stop throughout the rest of the league. No defense can stop us. And, and that's kind of what I'm interested in seeing is like that Eric Bieniemy effect from a mentality standpoint, not from a player standpoint. I think the players, um, you do have to do a couple tweaks here and there, obviously. But 
from a, a mentality standpoint, I think that's the, the the biggest thing is understanding that if we execute, if we believe in what he's saying, if we eliminate the mental mistakes, that is going to be the, the the thing that gets us over the hump into the spot where we're going to be a damn good offense and, and Eric Bieniemy may be a head coach elsewhere, if not head coach for Washington. No, he he got it. He got to get the job here. Like if if, if, if you let you, it's mandatory because it's like if you if you let this man come in here and improve this offense, and the players speak highly of him, you cannot let him out this building. Like oh yeah, you sure. can't I mean, you I, can't even let him interview with another team. You got to go ahead and lock that man in because. Like we said, from the presser alone and just, you know, everything else that he's done over his career, everyone has spoken highly of him. Like, just reaching out or not even having to reach out. Like, I remember conversations with Adrian Peterson that I've had in the past where he's mentioned Eric Bieniemy, you know, and spoke highly of him. Even recently, you know, with what we've been talking about, trying to get different people on the show, just me talking to Jamal Charles personally, him telling me information. Uh, I'm fairly close with guys that manage Travis Kelsey and I dealt with him over the years. Like they spoke highly of him just in passing, not even with this hire in particular, just in passing. And it's been happening all around the league. People speak highly of him. And those are the main qualities that you need of a head coach, aside from just being a play caller. You need someone that can manage people, manage different person uh, personalities, like head coaches low key kind of like therapists in a sense because you have to deal with so many oh, yeah. different people that's a great way of different hell, walks yeah. of lives and not just the players but also the people within the building of the organization from the coaching staff to the training staff to just the the logistics of that building being ran up and down like you need someone that's a people's person um and i think so many times we take that for granted uh, we just look at who can be a play caller, but you're literally running an entire organization when you're a head coach. You're not just a, a play caller. You have to be that and beyond. Let's go ahead and get the good man Hawk in here. Hawk, how you feeling, big dog? Appreciate you. Man, hey, yo, what's going on, fellas, man? You know, uh, first and foremost, man, thank you so much for, you know, you know, for just extending the invite, man, to any and all, sure. man. Appreciate you guys. Dre, sure. Dre, I see you, man. AJ, I hear you. And matter of fact, AJ, I want you to know, man, that Adam Schefter ain't got nothing on you, bro. <laughs> nah, 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 man. I ain't hey, trying to be no The hood Adam Schefter. There we go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Adam's Adam's my guy, man. So, like, low-key, a lot of this information that they put out comes from agents or yeah. uh, the PR agency. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a solid dude. So, hopefully, we'll be able to bring him on here once this damn team sells. Yeah, man. Or for free sure, agency man. period. For sure, for sure, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, Maul, and you know, well, you know what, man, all you guys, man. I got a lot to say, but I'm not going to say it as far as like on the on the being me higher. I'm gonna just say that. Hey man, how many times, how many times do you get to come on here on the Travel Dive exactly, podcast? Bro. Let it fly. And you you hey. better you better you better have diarrhea of the mouth. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, look, hey, look, hey, hey bro. And look, fellas, man, I'm going to just say this. I really wasn't a big fan of it, only because, you know what, I'm looking at it from a place of, you know what, I believe he's going to do a great job. And, you know, you know, matter of fact, matter of fact, the job is going to be 
you know, you know, um, it's going to be so immaculate. You know what I'm saying? The turnaround on our office is going to be so, so, so big. I mean, I mean that I truly got him getting a head coaching job, and I don't think it's going to be here because I truly believe that they will extend Ron Rivera, and I believe that we are going to be be in this whole cycle of trying to find 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 another offensive coordinator. You know, you know, for following what is it the uh, 2024 season? Because I truly believe that Eric Bieniemy is going to do that great of a job here in Washington. Well, my concern, I think, to AJ's point, uh, Hawk. Um, well, actually, to continue on to the conversation, what AJ said, uh, I, I, like owners and GMs are like their their own entities, right? And um, sure, to to some extent, you're going to be following like any anybody that's on the outside, like you're going to be paying attention to potential opportunities or maybe even potential head coach replacements or general man, anything. Like they have. And I I don't doubt it. like they probably have something in their head where it's like I I understand why everybody loves such and such, but I still want my own people in here, and I want to be the reason why uh, this team is successful. Exactly. And, and that can be an ego thing. And 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 also what to add to that is like that's not to say that you know they're gonna do it, but but I think I can't close that door with anybody coming in here, I would prefer an owner to like literally, and, and, and this is going to suck to say for anybody in here who's, who's riding with Eric Bieniemy because I am, I'm putting that on the record. I'm riding with, with EB. Um, but I think if I sit here and tell you all that uh, I don't want an owner to, to come in here and, and do the, 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 the proper process of getting his GM in here and allowing the GM to pick his guy, then I'd be lying to you. I would yep. want that GM to settle on Eric Bieniemy, or not. I don't want to use the word settle, but you. I want him to select Eric Bieniemy. But if I sit here and tell you that I like f everything else, hire Bieniemy, and then figure everything else out, I don't. I don't want that. And and I'm just. I'm just being honest with you. Like I don't. I don't want to skip or or skip parts of the process just just because I like one person. I would rather input from everybody. Ownership gets his GM, GM does his scouring of the, the roster and the locker room and the players and the, the staff or whoever and get input in, in, in terms of like who should I go with or or how do you feel about Eric B. Enemy because he had such success on that one side of the ball? Mm-hmm. Go from there. And, and that's kind of where I am. Like I, I don't want them to skip parts of the process, bro. It's 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 a new it's a time for a fresh start. It's time for them to get things going the right way. Uh and if that means losing out on Eric B. Enemy, I'm gonna be mad as hell putting that on the record. Yep. But I would rather them go through the process, bro. By the way, Hawk, uh, I'll let Dre finish up, but real yeah. quick, by the way, Ron Rivera stands no chance of getting extended. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. And and I was actually going to kind of speak to that point in a sense, you know, to Hawk's point. What if Eric Bieniemy is like Ron's succession plan? Like this is Ron's like kind of exit plan in a sense. What if Ron doesn't want this anymore? And this is part of the reason why he hired Eric Bieniemy because if he says if Ron is confident that Eric Bieniemy can come in here and lead a successful offense in 2023, then obviously you're auditioning for the new owner because new ownership should be in place at that point in time in the season. And if Eric Bieniemy goes out there and impresses, 
Ron Rivera can just ride off in the sunset. I mean, this is, you know, speculation, obviously, but Ron yeah. Rivera can go out there. He can ride off in the sunset. And the new owner is sitting there smacking the face with a guy who just led a successful offense for your franchise. I mean, so that's one way to kind of look at it. I mean, it may be a little far-fetched, but, I mean, it, it could be something that Ron has contemplated because, I mean, obviously we've already documented everything Ron has went through since he's been here. And to be honest with you, I just don't think Ron has had much fun coaching here. So I don't know, you know, how much longer he plans on staying here i mean part of me feels like he's here right now because of the ownership transition and he's like well i might as well just you know go through this last little year and you know leave him in better hands than i took it in so i mean eric Bieniemy could be like ron's kind of succession plan like low-key is a conversation that he may have had with andy Reid. obviously they have a relationship and this could be setting eric Bieniemy up to look good and be step right in for the new owner next year Okay, I mean, you know what, Andre, that's also a possible scenario and things like that. My only pushback is like, all right, you interview how many candidates just to go ahead and finally say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and choose Eric Bieniemy. That's you know, saying so. You know, you could have gave it to uh, um, what's the young upstart from 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 the Rams? Um, um, his last Thomas Brown. Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could have gave it to him, Greg Roman, um, Pat Shermer. But just to go ahead and, you know, you know, go ahead and say, okay, hey, hey, Eric, who was actually in one of the best case, you know, situations in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. I got him here for at least another seven, seven to ten years. I just won the second Super Bowl in five years. Just to go ahead and say, all right, hey, it's a lot of uncertainty, but you know what though? Hey, you could be first in line. You know, you know, you know, you know, if they go go and let me go, I just don't completely by that by by that scenario uh you know you know, well what is it what is it I guess, I guess i guess like 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 i mean i mean i mean i guess i'll give it like like 99 percent that that could be the case but i just can't see it though but yeah, you I know mean, hulk, the, I, no i was just going to say to push back on that hawk yeah. with that i i honestly think the whole interview process was a sham i think they knew they were hiring <laughs> eric Bieniemy a month ago and i just That's think right. they hired That's everybody right. to kind of do do due diligence right 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 Right. And, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Jerry. Oh no, I was just gonna say. I mean, from the jump, once I started seeing the candidates that's coming out, and yeah. I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't even know Eric Stutz, Eric Stutzfield was was black. But once I started seeing that, it was Charles <laughs> London, Stutzfield, and all these black candidates that were doing the interview, like everything has been built on diversity recently within the Washington fran- uh, franchise. So that's yeah. another reason why I feel like Airbnb has a great shot of being a head coach. They're really trying to rebrand with this community and and just like back in the day, like DC was known for being Chocolate City, Chocolate now it's Gentrified yeah. City. Uh, you know, everything is being bought up and turned into luxury apartments. But you know, Man. in this franchise history, they've never had a black head coach. Uh, yeah, Ron Rivera is a minority. But it, it hits a bit different when that person is African American as a head coach. All I all he has to do is keep his nose clean, do his job, and and just be him. Like Perfect. him being him over over the last twenty years plus of being a head coach yeah. has had players of all levels, all different positions, even on the other side of the ball, speak highly of him. And he's been working hands on with what people are even considering to be one of the not even one of the best quarterback of all time already. And the dude hasn't even really started his career fully all the way in Patrick Mahomes. 
So, yeah, I mean, for Ron, I've said on here several times, I know you always tune in to uh, Hawk, which we appreciate. But you Whoa. heard me say, man, that Ron could win a Super Bowl with this team and he's not getting extended. Like, Damn, it's, just, it's, just, it's just not happening. <laughs> I mean, because you you just got to look at it in in its totality. It will like, be the cap off in his career too. Generally speaking, like you get a Super Bowl, you don't have to come back. Yeah, but that's not even gonna happen. So at the end of the day, <laughs> it's just it's just like you know, reality got to sit in, and you know, you just aren't that guy. Like, and, and that's okay. Um, he's just had a lot of opportunities here that he hasn't had anywhere else, especially in Carolina. And we've seen those moves fail back and back and back today, which we'll get into more the release of Carson Wentz, who should have never been on this team to begin with to even have to release a year later. Like, but that's Ron, you feel me? And we're, we're seeing another mistake happen in front of us. If this Sam Howell QB number one thing is true, we're seeing another mistake at this quarterback position take place. Um, there's no way that he'll be back, man. I, I'm I'm hoping that it'll be Eric Bieniemy, uh, to lead this team, uh, after this season. Uh, if they start off bad, you'll probably get to see it in season, which I really don't want because then the ex- expectation of Eric Bieniemy changes from just being a great offensive mind on that side of the ball to now having to lead a team on the fly and not really getting to build out his program. But there's no way that Ron. Ron, Ron knows it. I want to say somebody asked him and he he kind of alluded to it. Like he he knows that, you know, things could be shifting here real soon. So let's go ahead for the sake of sake, sake of uh time here. Hawk, do you have did you have any other topics um that was on your mind as well with the with the boys? I'm I'm actually glad you asked. And um yep. I actually what 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 wanted you all's thoughts on this one. So um, I've been listening, you know, saying just, just tuning tune in to uh, other sports shows, um, you know, and um, one take that kind of struck a chord with me, um, not necessarily in a bad way, but like, you know, how in the world is, 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 is well, how, how in the world can you say this? Um, I've heard that, you know, the re- well, 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 possibly one of the reasons why Eric Bieniemy wasn't able to land a head coaching job was because of his relationship with Andy Reid and things like that. As far as far as like you know, Andy being the cause of him not being, you know, you know, again, again a head coach him, uh, um, you know, for 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 whatever reason, it's Andy Reid possibly calling plays or Andy Reid not going to bat for this man and things like that. And one of the things thing, things that I thought of, I was like, how can we sit there and say that Andy Reid's not going to bat for him when, you know, he was able to go ahead and help out, uh, what is it, Brad Childress and Matt Nagy and things like that, three white guys, right? But aside, you know, you know, but um, but aside from what he's done for his own, this man has gone to 10 conference championships, five in the NFC, five in the AFC, and he's had black quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? He's gotten there with black quarterbacks. This man, matter of fact, Andy Reid, Andy Reid is like the face of coaching when it comes to the Rooney rule. You know what I'm saying? This man puts people in positions, man. He doesn't care whether you black, white, Hispanic, whatever. If you can play, you can play. But more importantly, if you have high integrity and high character, Andy Reid is going to go to bat for you. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, um, we seen it when you know Mike Vick came 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 home. He was able to go ahead and help help help. Um, you know, um, you know, Mike Vick land what a um a second 
200 or 300 million dollar contract or something, something like that you know what I'm saying? With, with the eagles so um you know for something well 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 just 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 you know i'm not going going at the people i mean i mean that said that but i'm just going 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 at the take that you know you know that the reason why you know, Eric Benjamin was not able to, you know, land, land a head coaching job was because what? of his relationship it, with Andy Reid. That, yeah. That's just bullshit. Um, I mean, you can, you, <laughs> exactly, I mean, but you can, exactly. but you can, but but it really all unveiled, like it revealed itself at the presser. Like it revealed itself at the presser. It revealed itself in the pot in the the clip that we showed, like to start our show. Like it, Andy Reid was encouraging him to leave. Uh, the enemy had no issues staying in Kansas City. He loved the opportunity that he had in Kansas City. He he said what they were doing was fun, and I think that's the important thing. Like if you're having fun and and you understand, uh, like the job at hand, like there is no like legit reason for you to leave. Another thing too, like a lot of people don't understand, or maybe they forget. Like last year, heading into the season when they lost to Rekill. Like there was a legit amount of people thinking that because that AFC West got so tough, there was so much competition for the Chiefs that they won't even finish. They won't even win the division, let alone maybe even make the playoffs because of like the, the turnover that they had that year. And that's not to say that they were right or wrong. It's just to say like there was a lot of doubt from the public eye, and and from even that standpoint, that's a challenge for Eric Bieniemy, who said he loved challenges. And and why would you even want to leave that situation knowing that that's a, a huge challenge? Like Tariq Hill was a big part of their offense. Um, right. and then they, they lost some other people too. Like that, that is a challenge within itself. It's like, how do you operate with Patrick Mahomes and still Travis kills two, two future hall of fame players, but how do you operate with those two without, uh, or with the loss of a, a player that was so dynamic in Tariq Hill, who, who dictated the coverage every single time he was on the field. And I think that's kind of, uh, just kind of the, the spotlight on the head coaching thing, man. Just understanding that, uh, Andy Reed short of perception may have been like the, a public, one public perception is like Andy Reid's holding the back end. And I think that's true to an extent of like, I can prove myself going elsewhere, but like in terms of a head coaching job, like, yeah, that, that was that, like, it was just unnecessary um, to, to have that thought. And I wouldn't be surprised if owners, if owners had it uh, or well, GM as well. And well, just to add on to that, mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy was a running backs coach for Kansas city for five years before he became the officer coordinator. If Andy Reid had any doubts about Eric Bieniemy, he could have let him go a long time ago before he ever promoted him to office coordinator. So obviously Andy promoted Eric Bieniemy into a higher position because he thought highly of Eric Bieniemy. So, you know, a lot of people may sit up there and keep talking about Andy Reid may not have went to bat for him or he was not fully behind Eric Bieniemy, but he he had Eric Bieniemy on his staff since 2013, since he's been there in Kansas City. And then finally decided to make him the offensive coordinator in 2017 or 2018 at that point. And he kept him. He kept him there. He could have easily at any point got rid of Eric Bieniemy. And now I'm sure if he, he's had his issues with Eric Bieniemy at any point, you know, maybe they've had, you know, strong conversations before. But he's, he respected that man. And he thought highly of him to keep him around on an inaccessible franchise as an offensive coordinator. So to me, all of the, that stuff about Andy not going for back to bat for him, or Andy mm-hmm. may not think highly of him. That's nonsense to me. It's bull crap. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, man. My man, Hulk. Uh, as always, brother man, I appreciate you showing showing the boys some love, showing the Trapper Die podcast some love. 
Uh, oh, man, it, I, hopefully you stick around for the last 15. We're about to go ahead and get to them boys. Uh, Carson Winston, and who else got who else got cut? Bobby McCain yeah, got cut. Man. Too, so Senator, hey, man, AJ's favorite player, Senator McCain, yeah. boy. Oh, I thought you about to say, I thought you about to go to Wentz route. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I thought you was going to Wentz route myself. I, ain't, oh, I don't really, I don't really speak on Bobby McCain much. I just know that these fans just think so highly of players on their team. Him yeah. and that boy Curl. Oh my God. Like yeah. you would think yeah. they're world beaters out here, but. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Hawk, man, I appreciate you. Brother, man, stay safe. Enjoy your week, man. And obviously, I know you're gonna tune in for the rest. But uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna go ahead. And keep things pushing, boss, man. Already, man. Cross town, man. Peace. Yes, sir. Stay safe, man. All right, Bobby gone. Wentz gone. I guess we can be real quick with Bobby McCain because that's not the that's not the big topic. Um, Bobby, uh, four million. I think he saved in in cap space for for Washington, and, and I think obviously with. Derek Force around the emergence of Derek Force in 2022. Uh, obviously, Cam Krill is still around. They believe a lot of him um, entering his fourth year. But then you have uh, uh, Percy Butler around as well. Um, I think the thing is what what, what keyed uh, in on me with Bobby was was not necessarily about the fact that he really played safety, but it's like I think that they really need to sit down and invest in, in into somebody who can play slot because they they more so believe in and the two younger safeties to primarily play free and strong. But if you, and, and, and maybe a little mix of a Buffalo with, with, um, with curl, but they really need a slot guy. They don't have a slot cornerback and, and technically Kendall can be that if they find somebody in the draft, say they go round one and they, they get a cornerback or maybe they find a cornerback in free agency, Jalen Ramsey. I don't know. Just putting a name out there. Um, not saying that they, they're going to go that route either. But uh point being, like if they I think they really need a slot guy in that aspect. Um, quick thoughts on, on Bobby McCain being cut in terms of like the direction they they may be going uh in the secondary. Yeah, I mean Bobby, I think the writing was on the wall for him. Um for me, when I think about Bobby McCain, I just thought of like if I looked in the urban dictionary for the definition of a jag, his picture would be right there. Like, I mean, he was a guy that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're looking at Urban Dictionary for the definition of Jag, is Bobby McCain. Like, his picture with the dreads and everything is sitting right there. You know, so, I mean, because when I watch games, you know, especially with Washington and Jeff Del Rio's defense, they like to play a lot of single high uh, free safety. And obviously this year, Bobby did, you know, alternate to play a lot of slot corner as well. But Bobby just wasn't an impactful player at all. Like, you didn't, you didn't see Bobby making plays through games. Like, he was just there. Like, he wasn't necessarily, like, you know, constantly blowing assignments or getting burnt or anything like that. But he, you just didn't notice him making any kind of plays on the field, like any kind of impact on the defense. And I just thought at some point you need to upgrade there. And, you know, as Maul said, they definitely, you know, the slot corner is what you're looking at because obviously you have Defoe and you have Cam Curl, you, uh, man, and the other two safety spots. I mean, they could alternate and play whichever, whatever. But the slot, the slot corner is a need at this point. I mean, and cornerback in general is a need. I mean, we've been talking about this ad nauseum, you know, mm-hmm. going through the draft and everything. I mean, and for me, that's probably my, you know, that and office line are my two priorities entering free agency in the draft. Now, more so, I'm looking at the draft. But if you get one of those stud corners, as Maul said, maybe Kendall Fuller goes to a slot. But 
maybe you look at free agency as well. But either way, it's something you have to address the free free agency or the draft this offseason. I mean, whether it's going to be the free safety or just a guy that can kind of, you know, as Ron likes to say, position flex. You know, you need one of those guys that could probably play the single high and also come down to play the slot as well. But Bobby just wasn't an impactful player. So that news wasn't really that surprising to me. And again, they needed to upgrade whether they were going to keep him or not. Any thoughts on um, uh, McCain, uh, AJ? Uh, he has a pretty nice girlfriend. That's it. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad he. Has, I'm glad he has that. <laughs> you got a little flavor, all right? Nah, him, nah. I mean, uh, okay, nah. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely <laughs> met his girlfriend week one. The only yeah, good right. thing about him, I didn't know. I, I want to meet her now, name. AJ. Hey, I wanted, to, I wanted to touch lightly on that one, but uh, I want to meet. But yeah, nah. At the end of the day, um, with Bobby, man, like you said, it, it just shows that this team has some improvement to make when it comes to the cornerback position and just really getting depth. Uh, to have to move your safety down to to the nickel position uh, just kind of shows you that there's some weakness there. And uh, I don't know how they really go about addressing it. Hopefully they find somebody in the draft that can that can take that opportunity um, because I don't really see too many slot corners on the free agent market that I would be interested in paying uh, if I were running the team. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's some Carolina Panther out there lurking somewhere. Um, when you see them bring back a guy like David Mayo, you just already know what's coming again this free agency. So with making these releases in McCain and Wentz, they better spend some money in free agency this go round and, and, and not sit back and be cheap. If they do, if they don't do anything free agency with signing players, then that budget stuff was really real, like all the way. Because you you're freeing up cap and you need to go and spend some money. Yeah, and and um, in theory, like it's not a good. I didn't care too much about it. Um, they only had Jamie Davis on the roster, but re-signing David Mayo isn't necessarily the best of looks <laughs> right now. And 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 when you think about that budget thing, knowing that uh, you got to spend some bread, uh, and 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 you know that. David and Jamin ain't the ones that's going to get it done. Um, you sure as hell hope that you can you can do better in free agency once that time comes. Um, but you never know. But uh, Marcus, just but I was going to ask yep. you all this because I mean we've seen how Ron and his staff operates. Obviously, when it comes to acquisitions, do you think that they are possibly banking on the development of a guy like Percy Butler or? Um, I mean, Christian Holmes, you know, those type of guys. Because, I mean, obviously, we didn't know Derek Force could be what he was this year. And, you know, they drafted him, you know, the previous year, and he turns out to be a guy they're going to count on going into next year as a starter. So do you think kind of going into this, like, off-season free agency draft that Ron is kind of banking on some of those guys they drafted last year, like the Christian Holmes and the Percy Butlers? Yeah. If they count on Christian Holmes, that is scary (laughs) because that boy is not good. So one thing uh, for Marcus, uh, see now that's I know there's a lot of people who probably think like you, and it's not a wrong thought, but it's the Jeremy Reeves part. He's a free agent. That boy is going into free agency, and he just made the Pro Bowl in his last year uh, contractually as a Washington Commander. Uh, good luck in terms of Washington resigning him. Not saying it's going to be a hard feat, but he's just going to have more offers, like with a, a big name behind him, especially through that social media uh, 
promotion, indirect promotion of who he is. Like he's on the map. And I think he made all pro. So uh sure it sounds like great depth, but he may not be around. Um to your question, Dre. Uh I agree. Like that's generally what they've done. They they did that. Like now, I don't know, I don't remember the process with Cam Curry. I just know he didn't start at one point. That was obviously uh 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 something uh to do with the, the boy Troy Apke and whoever else was out there at the time. I don't I don't really know. Landon Collins. Landon, Landon Collins. Collins. Yeah. yeah, Landon <laughs> Collins. Um and ultimately Cam Grove got his opportunity uh and he just stuck around. But Derek Forrest, like he had that that year where you know obviously some injuries played a part, but he also just was primarily special teams. Um he came back, they invested in him, trusted him. Uh, and you know, I, I think that they're going to probably do the same with Christian Holmes and, and some of the other younger guys, uh, Percy Butler. Uh, they're going to see where he's at this offseason and see if they can trust him moving forward. It's just kind of what they do, especially when they draft these younger guys. Man, they, they believe in the people that they draft, like they put these guys in, in position, uh, to succeed or, or, or positions to, to take advantage of opportunities, uh, through the, the offseason reps and even training camp reps. So it wouldn't be surprised me in the slightest. I don't know what Christian Holmes can bring though. Uh, I seen that one year. Um, this season, I barely knew him in 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 college, so I can't say like what he is or what he isn't. At least to the to the conviction of which AJ was convict uh, is convinced in. Um, but I I just don't know. But I wouldn't I, I wouldn't surprise me at all if if this is the one of the players that they're going to be like I'm going to give this guy a shot to 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 take advantage of a, a open position. Um, lastly, is Carson Wentz. Uh, we got a little time. Um, let's see. Okay. Yeah, Carson. Is this like? I think this is as bad as 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 Albert Hainsworth, bro. I swear to God, I, I think this is as bad as Albert Hainsworth. Um, it's not that bad. I, no, bro. Bro, no. It is. A, it is as bad as. Look, obviously the money side is the money. The, the amount of money is one thing, bro. But you knew, Dre, AJ, y'all knew. That the only thing that that Washington was clinging on to was I hope that we're right and everybody else is wrong about Carson Wentz. They paid his salary. They gave up draft picks for this man. They ate the whole salary, bro. Like it don't matter if Albert Hainsworth got paid a hundred million dollars and he ain't do shit here. Carson Wentz ain't last six games, and and they paid that much uh, up front just to cut him. Now, sure, in the long term, it worked out. But financially speaking, you should have never done that in the first place. You should have never gave up draft picks in the first place. I was never with it. And, and that's kind of the frustrating thing is like a lot of us had question marks like, all right, I see what you see, but are you really convinced that this dude – I see what you see conceptually like about the player. But do you, are you really convinced that this dude, after the last two years that he played, that he wasn't the problem? Just as bad as Albert Haynes were, bro, I don't give a damn. So, so for me, Mo, but the so I can't say he's as bad as Albert because we were on the books for Albert for years, and not only that, we also got cap penalties because of that. With the with the Maris, the Giants snitched on us over the whole Albert Hainsworth thing, and we lost like you know it was like a whole two year penalty thing we had to deal with the NFL. But what I will say about Carson, Carson is the, the he is the defining moment of Ron Rivera's tenure. Like when you think about Ron Rivera's tenure in Washington D.C., you're gonna think about Carson Wentz because that was his, that was his two of spades. That was his big joker in spades. 
Like this was his ultimate move. And it was a move that was questioned and a move that everyone criticized at the time. So like you said, Mo, this was a thing where if Ron was right about this, he was going to be the only person right about this Carson Wentz deal. So and a lot of people expected it to go exactly how it went. But Ron, so Ron was the only person. And, and obviously, we talked about this last season and offseason. We said that if this doesn't work, especially me, I know I was talking about this. I said, if this works, Ron is a smart guy. He just he He's smarter than everyone that told him he was wrong. But if this doesn't work, Ron probably should be fired, but we didn't know that this team was going to be up for sale at the, you know, at the point of the year. So Ron is obviously coming back or whatever, but Carson Wentz is his defining moment. Like, when, like I said, we are going to look back five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to say what did Ron in was that Carson Wentz trade, you know? And, 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 but the only thing is it went bad for one year. So it didn't cripple the franchise for two years. It didn't cripple the franchise for three years or anything. It crippled the franchise for one year. And ultimately, it's probably, like I said, no no one trusts Ron. No one trusts Ron Rivera after that Carson Wentz trade. I don't care what the hell Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera can actually go out there and trade for Lamar Jackson this year, and people are going to be skeptical, you know, because they're like, hey, he traded for Carson Wentz last year. He might be getting bamboozled again. Even though we've seen Lamar Jackson win MVP, we just can't trust Ron Rivera because he made this move for a guy that everyone knew was trash. But, again, I just can't put him in that Albert Hainsworth tier because Albert Hainsworth crippled us for years. It, it, we had to recover from Albert Hainsworth, but it's it's high. It's up there on the Washington Commanders blunder list, somewhere up there. It's just not Albert Hainsworth, just like kind of in a tier of his own. <laughs> I, I agree with Hawk when he said it's a tier below. I'm I'm there, but it's it's I, I I'm not. It's it's up there, bro. That this was God. I awful, mean, bro. Hey, I guess at least with at least with Hainsworth, he was he was good, and you thought he would be good. Carson was not good, so. Like, there's people in the fan base that were defending him. They're trying to bring up the stats. He only had seven interceptions. I'm like, are y'all watching the game? Because I actually watched the game. I've seen him in person, especially last year with the Colts, and it did not look good. I knew it wasn't going to be good here because you already have a bad coordinator as well. Like, you're not working with a smart coordinator. Then on top of that, deficiencies with the offensive line, you just knew it were coming when you get a guy like Norwell and Trey Turner and plug them in as starters. But yeah, like you stated, Dre, if, if this team wasn't up for sale, we'd, we'd be talking about a new head coach, man. Eric bien probably be the head okay, coach. I'm about to say, talk about Eric bien bro. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, it's just like, if this team was not up for sale, dog, like, we we would be looking at a, a new regime and everything. Unfortunately, it's up for sale, and that process has been tedious, but I mean, yeah, and and it it just it just makes you wonder. Like Ron Rivera does not understand quarterbacks or coach. I don't know. I don't. I almost want to say coaching overall, but he damn sure don't understand quarterbacks. If he stood on the table and shouted from the mountaintops that this was his pick, he did the scouting. He he got the analytics. He did all this for Carson Wentz. And you had to release that man a year later, like you are, and he was gonna be released. So not only did you get finesse, you also got fleece when he got here too, because you could see that he doesn't mess well with his teammates. Then on top of that, he's not good on the field. Like you, you just got fleece, you just got finesse and fleece 
all around. You gave up you gave up a good portion of your money that you could have spent in free agency. We don't know how aggressive you might have been with that money that you had available to you. You gave up a, a third and almost put at risk your second round pick to get Carson Wentz. Can you imagine if this team had to give up a second round pick in this draft class for Carson Wentz that you release a year later? Like he should still be fired with with an ownership change. Like it, it would be insane if th- that second round pick was gone. But I mean, that's why even for me, it just provides reluctancy in believing this Sam Howell thing. Is this even real? Because there's no way, there's no way that you could stand on the on on the table and and vouch for Carson Wentz and now I'm supposed to believe that you vouch it for Sam. Like, no way. Like, and and it, it's scary. Like, like Dre touched on. I mean, with Lamar Jackson, I feel like Washington fan base just got PTSD overall. They scared of everything. They scared of every move that's made. Oh my God, what if Eric Bieniemy didn't really call plays in Kansas City? What if Sam Howell doesn't remember how to throw the ball? Like they just scared of everything. Like everything scares them. So yeah, um, yeah, man. I just I just feel like Carson Wentz should just go ahead and hang it up, man. He's had a solid career, made a lot of money. You know, bro. He can go. Listen, he, he made. Who go. wants him as a backup at this point? Bro, you can't you can't have that man be a Where's backup and have to rely on him to help you out if a game were to I didn't save it were to falter. Let me see. Um let me see if, oh here we go. Albert Breer reported this, bro. He signed a hundred he signed a four year hundred twenty-eight million dollar extension with the Eagles in 2019. It's base value over six years, folding uh folding two two years of his rookie deal in was about 154 million. Today, the commanders terminated that deal. Wentz wound up making a total of $105 million, $198,279 of the total from three teams. Bruh, retire. You are through. You're cooked, bruh. Like, you just being being mediocre. The only place you you can realistically go. The only place he could realistically go, and that's just based off relationship, is Carolina, and that ain't happening. So it's like you you can't touch nowhere else, man. Go hang it up, be with your family. You've had a solid career, uh, you know. Go go have your time with God, and and just kick back and relax, my boy. Yeah, you bro. Are done done. Um, <laughs> you are done done. <laughs> yeah, last thing I, I got, man, is is um yeah I, I don't. It's hard for me to 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 trust a lot of, of what Rivera. I mean, I, I think that was going to be the a byproduct of of a failure of acquisition like this. Anyway, it's like you put your neck on the line like that. It's either you right or you wrong, and the consequences of being wrong is like you lose trust from a lot of people. Um, and that's just kind of the bottom line of that. Uh, so for me, uh, I didn't trust him to begin with in terms of like this quarterback stuff, but like that solidified it. Uh, I don't know. Like the how thing is mixy because he could have been influenced from other people. Like the players had to tell him to put in how. Like they had to do that. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that means moving forward. But I, I do think uh, for for Rivera, man, uh, he has to tread lightly. Uh, and I think given a person like the enemy autonomy on that offensive side of the football to make some of the, I mean, obviously with the, the help of his staff, but um, to make that decision, make decisions on that side of the football. I think it's probably the best case, bro, and just get the hell out of the way with that offense. Um, and that's probably your best bet uh, in terms of 
Rivera. That's probably your best bet. Uh, obviously, you can probably help with some other positions, but quarterback, bro, stay away. Just stay away. Um, hey, I know we try happens. to wrap up, but this also combine pretty much started today as far as, uh, matter of fact, Ron has his interview tomorrow. Uh, he has his press tomorrow, I want to say, in the morning around 11. Hey, are, are they doing workouts tomorrow? Are, are the players training tomorrow, or does that start Wednesday? When, when is that? No, nah, that, that, start, that starts Wednesday, but okay. players have already started going down there. Coaches and agents and all that um, have already started going down. A lot of the coaches are doing their presser tomorrow and GMs. Um, and then, yeah, Wednesday, start up uh, some of the prospects working out through the weekend but hold on hey, who you got this year you got anybody this year you you represent nah, any, i'm chilling man i'm okay. i'm going to columbia tomorrow so i'm about yeah. to say i know you had quitty <laughs> pay a couple years ago i ain't know if you had yeah. somebody this year nah, i'm <laughs> not in the mix not in the mix this year but okay. yeah i mean i'm just looking forward to uh conversations that happen around some of these players that could be available man uh that's when a lot of this stuff happens under the table at at combine so you'll start hearing guys rumored to go certain places you'll start hearing if teams would be aggressive aggressive in free agency um even with the draft like today the breaking news was the bears are considering moving the number one pick so we know that's going to happen now who's going to move up to go get that number one pick could it be the colts could it be the panthers um could it be something else i speak portuguese I said I'm going to Colombia, not Brazil. <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, overall, I'm just looking forward to it. I think uh, when we come back on the show next week, you'll hear Anthony Richardson's name mentioned even more at this quarterback position, uh, first round. Um, that's that's who I'm intrigued for other people to see, and um, yeah, I think this fan base is start falling in love with him too and possibly at 16. Boom. Um, I think think a lot of people will, but, uh, I'm here for, for AR, uh, if they want to try that route, but, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, man. Let's get some information on these guys. AJ, man, enjoy your trip, big dog. Um, you gotta let me know how Columbia is. Um, cause that's going to be on my close friends. Join the close friends. I was trying to find you, bro. Hey, I'm gonna just send you my Instagram, bro, because I, I couldn't find you. But um, yeah, yeah, enjoy your trip, bro. Dre, man, you stay safe as well, man. We're gonna chop it up in the chat this week, man. Y'all yes, boys sir. be safe. Enjoy y'all week. Everybody that chapped in, man, enjoy y'all week as well. Stay safe, man. Don't let these boys uh in that business sector scare you with Dan Snyder, man. He out of here. And if he ain't, <laughs> that's gonna be a little that's gonna be a little problematic. Bro. Let's get the, let's get the hell up out of here, man. Y'all stay safe. We out of here. Peace. Yes, sir. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole, or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long, or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is trap or die.